Welcome to the Quite Audacious Podcast with Amanda Swiger. I am a self-made, rebellious and bold, multi-six-figure wedding and boudoir photographer with a deep belief that doing things my own way is why I've been so successful. I'm now taking that love of audacious, rebel-minded thinking and helping other photographers build the lives and businesses that they're in love with, all while still working with clients and taking you along for the ride. No topic is off limits here, so expect a lot of honest conversations, in-the-moment riffs, business and life advice, tough love, and of course, talking with you about all the ways you can work with me and to create the life that you've been dreaming of. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into it, y'all. Hello, and welcome back to Quite Audacious. I am incredibly excited for what this podcast episode is about because it is one of my favorite things that I have gotten to do, and that is become a published author. I remember when I got the email from Pride and Joy um, and them asking if I wanted to be a part of this first of its kind book uh, for LGBTQ entrepreneurs. And I was like, am I being punked? Is this real life? Uh, but uh, I, actually, it, it, I was not being punked, punked and this is a, a real thing. I have a beautiful book that I love so very much. Um, and I just cannot even begin to tell you how exciting it was to be able to write for this, but even more than that, to be able to be part of such an incredible group of co-authors. There are 14 of us that came together to put this together. Um, and it was published in 2021 and I am just obsessed with it. Um, I'm going to read you the back of the book. It's called, the book is called Thriving in Business, Strategies for LGBTQ Entrepreneurs. And it is a first of its kind look into the day-to-day -day experiences and lives of successful queer entrepreneurs. Becoming your most authentic and successful self without guidance from visible LGBTQ business owners. Learn from, from 14 successful queer entrepreneurs as they discuss their journey and obstacles they've uncovered along the way. The Pride and Joy Foundation is proud to offer this flagship literary work by and for LGBTQ entrepreneurs. We hope this book encourages you as you take on the incredible journey of becoming accessible, visible, and authentic business owner. Pride and Joy Foundation's mission is to reduce the rate of suicide and homelessness in the LGBTQ community. Pride and Joy does this in two ways, increasing inclusion and belonging at home, at work, and at school, and empowering LGBTQ business leaders to increase their impact and profit. Um, so this book was, um, something that we did not get paid to, um, create, like we, I don't get sales from this. Uh, we actually paid money to help create this book. Uh, we had to put up, um, some money and get with that. We got, uh, several copies of the book. Um, but all of the proceeds from this book go to the Pride and Joy Foundation. Um, so that was something that just to me was an immediate yes, uh, about getting to be a part of something that won. Uh, didn't exist. There was not a category for LGBTQ business books prior to us. Um, and so to be able to be a part of that alongside so many incredible queer and trans folks is just, it has been such an honor. I'm going to try not to cry while recording this episode. Um, but it was, it was just a wonderful thing. I just love all of the people that are a part of this book. Um, they are lawyers and authors and um, people who are diversity and equity inclusion officers. They are um, people who really have a joy around music. They are people who uh, are therapists. They are um, just 
incredible people. Um, and I really encourage you, even though I am going to spend today's episode reading you my chapter of the book to still go out and get a copy of this incredible book. Um, if you would like to purchase one from me, I will sign it for you. If that is something that is cool to you, um, there is a link in the show notes for how you can get that. Um, you will be purchasing one where all of the, um, money from that goes right back into pride and joy. Um, and I am just so incredibly excited about this book. It was published, like I said, in 2021. Uh, and you know, the last two years have been a little, little wild. Um, and so I have not been able to share about this book nearly as much as I wanted. Um, but I wanted to take a few minutes today and read you my chapter from the book. And I did not come into this with writing, um, with a plan. I just sort of started writing what felt authentic to me and then kind of took some notes from some other people and judged it and then judged it again and then kind of came back and made even more changes. And what I landed with is something that is very integral to who I am. You're going to hear a lot of the same themes um, in this chapter that you're going to hear on this podcast. There are a lot of the same things. Um, and I, I, I kind of wanted to just give y'all, give y'all this. So, um, we're gonna, we're gonna try reading this without me crying. I have yet to do that. So I'm excited for, uh, <laughs> this, we're going to see, if we can get through it. Um, but either way, I, I'm just, like I said, so excited to be able to share this with all of you. And, um, if you are an LGBTQ business owner, um, I really, really encourage you to get this. I think that, uh, of the book, my chapter is maybe not the best. There are people who are far better authors and, uh, entrepreneurs with so much wisdom that they have to share. And if you know a budding or full-time, um, LGBTQ entrepreneur, it is a great gift. Um, and even if you're not an entrepreneur, I think there are a lot of beautiful life lessons for queer folks and for everybody inside of this book. So, um, yeah, go get yourself a copy and, um, I'm going to take it away with my chapter from the book. And I really, really hope, uh, you enjoy this. So my chapter is entitled marketing through authenticity by Amanda Swiger. I remember as a young girl, stories were the thing that held me together when nothing else could. I was raised in a deeply conservative Southern Christian family where there were definite ideas around what was right, what was wrong, and what was unacceptable. Stories became my way of exploring other wor worlds and ideas because I felt like I never fit in as a child. There was always this present differentness, and without stories, I would have never known a world that was different from the one I lived in and the one I felt like I didn't belong in. Stories were a place where people did brave things, they chased dreams, and lived authentically. There were big ideas that happened and folks ran with abandon towards the lives they wanted and often the people that they loved, towards the people that they loved, no matter the cost. And that spoke to me because so much of my upbringing was around who I was supposed to be, love, and become. Yet inside of me was this person who believed more was possible. It's no wonder then that after going to college for social work and working as a case manager for a year, I left all of that to become a photographer. While social work is deeply high, tied to, to yeah, let's try that again, guys. While social work is deeply tied to humanity, 
I fell in love with the way photography allowed me to connect with so many different folks and to tell their stories. Weddings are this beautiful start to a new chapter in a couple story. Family photos are about creating frozen moments in time as a family grows. Portraits and boudoir are about showcasing clients as the authentically beautiful person that they are and that they have maybe never seen because of how society tells us we are unworthy and unattractive unless we are fill in the blank. Photography was and is the space where I could not only get to hear the stories, but to tell them too. Starting, growing, and marketing a business were all things I had no experience in. We aren't really taught that working for ourselves is an option in our modern education system. And so many years were spent trying all kinds of things, listening to other people and learning what they had done to become successful. I made more mistakes than I care to admit, but one of the biggest I see looking back was how much I strive to do things the way others did. I so desperately wanted to be successful that I never really stopped until recently to ask what success looked like for me. I joined Facebook groups and masterminds, made friends with other photographers, and desperately tried to do what they said worked for them. And while my business grew, it never really became something I was deeply proud of until the last few years. One day, though, I decided if I was going to have a business that allowed me to be the person I wanted to be and to have the life I wanted to have, because after all, isn't that not the dream of what being an entrepreneur is, I was going to have to let go and do what all the brave characters in those stories had done, forge my own way and let go of things I'd been told to make room for my own voice. It felt crazy, to be honest, unfollowing Facebook groups, putting distance between me and folks I viewed as mentors. But I knew that if I wanted to find my voice, I had to remove the noise from all of those around me. I had to start realizing that I was someone who had a lot of ideas and that these ideas were that, that, and these ideas felt big and scary, but without all the noise, I also felt like I was capable. With the world around me a little quieter, I started seeing everything differently. At the time, I was editing in this trendy matte style that once I looked at it, I realized I was only doing it because it was trendy. And I thought that being trendy was the only way to be successful. I was showing very little LGBTQ photos because I was afraid that, of what someone might think. I was posting captions on Instagram that were fake and forced, but I believed I had to do it that way for folks to want to know my name and want to work with me. I had heard over and over that clients need to feel connected to your work, but in a space with less noise, I realized what's true is clients need to feel connected to me. And with all the voices of everyone else taking up space in my brain, all these marketing ideas came up. Slowly, I began changing my editing system. Realizing that my why as a photographer is tied to creating images that look and feel like the folks I'm working with. I instead leaned into bold, true-to-life colors and bright tones, but I also changed my approach to shooting. Photography tends to be a very this or that, lifestyle or posed, bright or moody, photojournalism or high fashion, natural or creative. For me, life is about duality. And so my work became this beautiful mix of everything and, and centers on the client now, who they are, what they want, because it always comes back to that storytelling. I realized this applied to me too. And so I overhauled my Instagram and social media. I stopped caring about when I was posting, using the right hashtags and making sure everything always looked perfect. I started sharing silly things, things about my wife and I, the struggles I was walking through and the beautiful stories I got to capture. And my following grew exponentially, but it grew not because of a strategy I was following, but because I was letting me shine. That's not to say that marketing strategies are bad or that none of them work. You are, after all, reading a book about marketing strategies. What was a catalyst for success for me, though, was when I realized that there isn't one way to be successful. All of the well-meaning courses and mentors were teaching things that had worked for them, but it's very easy to confuse something that works for being the only thing that works. 
or that their idea of success has to be what success looks like for me. Once I cleared out those voices and allowed myself to dream of the business and life I wanted, I really began to grow. Which I think is the biggest piece of marketing advice I can give to you. Marketing is all about the activities a company does to promote a product or service to a consumer. And there are literally thousands of ways you can do that. So often though, we default to what someone told us worked for them, never stopping to consider what else is out there. The best marketing has a heartbeat, a humanity. And I would argue that when that heartbeat and humanity comes from the top of the business, the owner of a business, that's where the magic happens. People want to connect with other humans. In the words of Brene Brown, we are neurologically wired for connection. So letting your customers connect with you, even if even if the ways you can create that connection feels crazy or too big or too scary, is worth it. The best ideas I've ever had, the biggest projects I've ever done, the concepts that have allowed my business to grow, were all born out of this left field idea that I believed in immensely. Let me give you some examples of what I mean. When I got into a rut with my boudoir bookings at the end of 2018, Boudoir, for those of you who don't know, is a sexy, empowering photo shoot centered on creating intimate images that celebrate yourself. They're most often seen as something for women, but I truly believe in the power of boudoir for everyone. Was one of one of the first ideas that popped in my head was to create an event where folks could come and see what a boudoir session was like in a fun party environment. Boudoir can feel a little scary for clients because it's vulnerable, but I believed that if folks could see how fun it was, the fear would subside and my bookings would increase. I had this idea on a Tuesday and four days later, my self-love Saturday was born. I hastily threw together this totally free event and the day of 26 babes showed up wearing things that made them feel like the most empowered, sexy versions of themselves. I shot each person for two to three minutes, walked the group through what a full session can look like. And while this became an annual event until the pandemic that definitely got better year after year, the first event is one of my favorite events and is near and dear to my heart. I didn't wait for it to be perfect though. It was a late night, crazy idea that I just went for figuring out it was either going to be a waste of a Saturday afternoon with some folks getting some free photos, or it would do what I needed it to do, which was fill my calendar with more clients. And it worked. Those folks shared their photos and told their friends, which resulted in 28 new bookings as a result of that first self-love Saturday. My next year, my next one, the following year looked different. And the one after that grew upon the lessons from the first two. And in the years since this, this event has grossed me over $108,000, allowing me to fill my calendars with the right clients who really, really are excited to work with me and share in my idea that loving and seeing your, and showing up as yourself at a photo shoot can really change your life. And they already trust me because they've seen who I am and how I work. I also found this in the willingness to live as my authentic, openly queer self. I never fully came out until I started dating my now wife eight years ago, although it's now been nine. I did my best to walk this fine line of being, quote, not too queer, but also not ever being my full self. I feared that in coming out as a business, I would lose much of the original client base I had. And that was a valid fear that did, in fact, come true. You see, most of my original clients came from the Christian college I went to and the church connections I had. So coming out meant that most of those folks no longer wanted to support me or my business. It meant losing a relationship with my parents and almost every childhood friend. And it was hard. I could write a whole other chapter on how that was for me, but for the sake of times, let's just go with hard. On the other side of that, though, was this beautiful photography family I would create. At the, ta- at the time, gay marriage had just been legalized nationwide, and living as an openly queer person was risky, and many folks said it'd be better to keep that part of myself away from the public eye. 
But coming out as a business has allowed me to not only work with more clients that are like myself, but has given me access to telling stories I might not have been otherwise able to. And from a financial perspective, I can trace where my company finally became truly profitable when I fully came out as a business. And a more recent example is my Queer Rising project. 2020 was a year that was hard on everyone, and my business had to pivot, pivot, pivot to stay afloat. And while I'm incredibly grateful that Swagger Photography did okay, I also felt like I was in a rut creatively and a rut with wedding, wedding bookings. More and more, I was hearing that folks didn't know that an LGBTQ photographer existed in the, in the Philadelphia area. And late one night, early in 2021, I had this idea of commissioning a set of rainbow angel wings and photographing maybe 50 different people in them for free. My vision was to share their stories of rising resilience and joy with the hopes that bringing our LGBTQ LGBTQ community together for pride since there weren't a lot of events happening due to COVID. And maybe it'd get my name out there in a unique way. The wings cost me hundreds and hundreds of dollars. The project took over a hundred hours of work, but to date I have photographed over 120 folks in them and the stories of joy, the stories of joy I've gotten to be a part of and tell are incredible. And honestly, it's brought me a lot of new business. Those ideas came from a place of story, of connectedness, of daring to do something that others might call crazy. They also came from my willingness to do something often for free that resonated with my why as a business owner. And in that have allowed my business to grow in ways I've never imagined. I think most of all, they have come from me listening to my own ideas and not being able to afraid, not being afraid to run with them with reckless abandon. All of those stories as a child, all those books that showed me what it meant to live in my own authenticity prepared me to be a business owner that wants the same. Stories are my marketing. And so is a willingness to not only share my stories, but my clients' stories, and also a willingness to try, not knowing whether it'll fail or maybe it'll be the thing that catapults me to the next phase of success. Whatever your story is, whatever path you've taken, whatever your business is, I believe that when we dare to follow our own path and share who we are, and what we do with other people in a way that speaks to who we are, that is when our businesses become what we dream for them. And often that means listening to the inner voice inside of you and doing that crazy idea that others have told you isn't worth it or won't work, but you still believe in it. And honestly, what's the worst that can happen? You waste some time on something that resonates with you. You're out some money on an idea that didn't work. The end result is a flop. Or maybe instead it's connecting with clients who adore you and adore what you're doing, having the business that serves you and pushes you towards the goal you have and allows you to lean all the way into the success that's meant for you. I would go back and probably change a few things um, from this. I also would have updated some of the numbers um, in here. Uh, when I wrote this chapter, I had not seen all of uh, the kind of what came from the Queers Rising project. Um, if you are somebody who would love to see that. I will also link to that in the show notes. Um, it is the most beautiful collection of queer folks. Um, and if I am honest, it is one of the most beautiful things I have ever done. See, told you I got through reading without crying, but now I'm going to cry just talking about it. Um, because I was in a place where I really felt creatively stuck and, just not sure where to go and being able to just do something so creative with no, no one really telling me what to do, no finances stuck on it. And just trying to have some fun and bring some joy and tell some stories 
was truly incredible. Um, and from that, I know that I booked about, I think it was 13 weddings. It might've been 14, but we'll go with 13. Um, and my client average for weddings at that time was 4,500. So, um, I can try to do a little math here and tell you what that would be, but it was a significant, you know, amount of money for a point in my business where, you know, I, I didn't have a ton of weddings. It's about 58, thousand dollars. Um, and you know, that is, that's huge. Um, those people that saw those photos, uh, and were just like, oh my gosh, wow. A lot of the people who participated were people I did not know in any capacity. And so them sharing those images put me in front of a ton of people. And, you know, um, I am sure I could have charged for that and made more money, but for me, uh, I wanted to do something that gave back and it kind of in a similar vein, um, I know there are a lot of boudoir photographers that have done events like myself love Saturday. When I did my first one, that was less of a thing. They are now a big deal. A lot of uh, photographers do kind of in-person events for their, for their clients. Um, and people charge for them and I am not putting, there is no shade on that. You do what works for your business. But for me, I wanted to just do something fun, get my name in front of a bunch of people, um, get some new images I could use for my portfolio and meet people, get my wackadoodle self in front of people and let them, you know, connect with me, see how I work. And it is wild to me how much, you know, three different free client events have brought me actually it's four, four of those kind of self-love Saturdays have brought me in work. Um, since doing this, uh, book, I have done that fourth one and that event brought me in, uh, about another $50,000. I was less than some of the other ones I had done, but, um, you know, in for a spring kind of pop of, of bookings, it's great. And it's probably more than that. I, I kind of got a little lazy towards the end of last year tracking that. Um, but a couple of those clients already have second sessions on the books for this year that I did not take into consideration. So it was, you know, more than that 50,000, but it's still, I'll, that's, it took me a day, some extra time to edit. Um, and you know, getting, now I have a tons of images I can use from that on my Instagram. Um, I made all of my subsequent self-love Saturdays where, um, if you wanted to participate, you had to sign, um, a model release so that I was being able to use the images from that. Um, and, they're a huge portfolio boost for me because a lot of my clients do not let me share their photos. And I am somebody who hundred percent respects that. But, um, yeah, the other thing I want to note here is, uh, I know that there are a lot of folks that do not like the use of the word crazy and I respect that. Um, I use it a lot because it is something that I've been told a lot. Um, the amount that I've been told I'm crazy that, um, especially when I was younger, that, you know, mentally kind of crazy and that like, you know, anxiety and depression and that that was, you know, that I was just crazy, that my ideas are crazy. Um, and I know there are a lot of people who try not to use that word for me. I have decided to lean all the way into that. You can call me crazy as much as you want, because I kind of view that audacity as a very different way of living. And I am very, one of my favorite things about myself is that craziness. Um, so if that bothers you, uh, substitute that out for 
something else uh, or ignore it. Um, I completely respect why some people, you know, don't want to use it. For me, it's about reclaiming something that was really weaponized against me in my high school and college years and really made me have some pretty shitty things that I thought about myself for years. And honestly, I still struggle with. Um, I still feel a lot of times like I am too much and that I have too big of ideas. And that is not true. Um, so I just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of that thoughts from reading this. Um, and again, I just, if you, if you, uh, are looking for a great book to give to somebody, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are somebody who likes supporting queer folks, um, any of that, uh, please, please go out and get a copy of this book. You can purchase it on Amazon. Again, I will have a link to it in the show notes. If you want to purchase a signed copy for me, I will have a link to that as well. And then I will also have a link to the Queers Rising Project in case you want to check that out as well. And uh, thank you for coming back again for another episode. And I cannot wait to uh, drop you all the next one. Till then, uh, stay a little audacious and uh, a little bit rebellious. And I'll see y'all next time.